0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Regatta Outdoors. It's a glorious spring day and you're heading out on a walk. What do you bring with you? A paper map? Plenty of snacks? Well, of course they're important, but any seasoned hiker will tell you that footwear is the first thing to consider. Whether you prefer relaxed rambles or challenging summits, comfortable and reliable shoes are essential. Regatta has waterproof and breathable footwear for the whole family, for every outdoor occasion. Discover the range in stores nationwide and at regatta.com.
2: Hello? And welcome to the podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Countryfile magazine. I'm Fergus Collins. And welcome to this lovely season of mindful escapes into the green outdoors as autumn descends into winter. And now that the clocks have gone back in the UK, we're heading into the very dark days. So it feels like a good time to let a burst of light and song into our lives. This week, we're heading back to spring, and an adventure I took in the new forest with naturalist Dominic Cousins. Dominic is brilliant at recognizing birds by their song, and he gives some very clever tips to help you learn them too. And don't forget to leave likes and feedback on whichever podcast provider you use, and you can email me on editor
3: at countryfire.com. I'll tell you something uh, nice about chiffchaffs by the way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how well you can hear it, but it's in chip chaff, chiff chaff, chiff, chaff, chif chaff like that and um, the scientific name of chifchap is phylloscopus colibita. Now phylloscopus means an examiner of leaves, which is kind of nice. That's nice, yeah. And colibita is Greek for I think it's Greek for money changer. Yeah, so the smart. idea is that yeah. an old money changer in, in Greek times will have had piles of coins.
4: Yeah.
3: And the idea is that every time he or she Puts a coin on a different pile, it would make a slightly a different chin. noise, yeah. a slightly different thing. So here's a sort of 10 denarius tiff yeah. and a 5 denarius chaff. I know I'm mixing my <laughs> um, and, <you> know, <laughs> Roman Greek. and Greek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you get the yeah. impression but, anyway. That was all looking a- terribly impressive until I did that, wasn't that was,
2: it? <laughs> but that's, uh, I, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. That's, that's a nice name. Yeah, isn't it? Great and how clever. And I wonder when that. Do you have any idea when that emerged?
3: Uh, Well, it was Linnaeus. So he decided Uh, on that name. Um, Back in the uh, 18th century. Swedish. 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 And he called the um, finch, which is literally just flying arrows, going choop. Um, He called it Fringilla Kelebs. And uh, Kelebs is um, bachelor. Fringilla Uh, Kelebs. uh, Fringilla means finch and bachelor uh, (laughs) (laughs) means... Kelebs means bachelor. And in Sweden, where he lived, in winter all the females would migrate away and the the males would stay. It's called differential migration. So this is when different profiles of a population do different migrations. Mm. And so the males would stay put so that when the winter was over they'd be on territory. The females had no worries about territories, so in the autumn they would migrate to... uh, better, easier climates. So presumably a lot of males died in the winter. Yeah, yeah. but uh, the ones that survived got the territories, yeah. and when you get the territory, you get the girl. yeah. yeah, yeah. And plenty to um, choose from as well, because they all survived and have been exactly. feeding. So that's called differential migration. And sometimes you get it in, um, uh, for example, gulls, so um, young gulls will sometimes have completely different movements to adults. A lot of birds do mm-hmm. differential migration.
2: So when we when we do those maps, I know we've done some migration pieces with you yeah. in the magazine. And we've really simplified some of the the maps
3: of Tu and Fray but as you're saying yes. this is much more complicated than. Oh, there's a, absolutely and, and beautifully elegant. I mean mm. we oh, uh, that's a, <laughs> I was about to point out a bird prey and, and discovered it's a, a plane, so that's <laughs> kind of embarrassing. Um your whorefinches have, have not, have have not they, appeared, have they? Do they make a distinctive call? They do, they? Um, but it's easily over... No, I don't know if the word for not heard is. it's not Overlooked is wrong, but anyway, over-listened. Yeah, Under, um, under-listened. Under-listened. It makes a sort of sp- call. Sp- as I'm saying this, I'm sort of spitting saliva is coming out of my mouth. So <laughs> the rule is never talk to people closely about hawfinches. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, or well, you only ever do it once.
3: Yeah, that's um, right. And then yes, you,
2: yes, that's curious. But well, we haven't heard any of that, have we? I don't. No. Know.
3: I hope I'm not losing my hawfinches <laughs> well, as long as but, my. But I will, my, my goldcrest. But um, it is quite high pitched, not entirely dissimilar to the tick of a robin. Right. There is a okay. robin singing right awesome. on cue. Should we
2: pond, potter off to new?
3: To I'd like it? to talk about robins. Oh, Should yeah, we yeah, potter yeah. Let's over potter there? to the robin. Yeah. I wanted to bring you over here to listen to a robin. You think? What do you want to listen to a robin for? Well, the reason is that um, it's one of the commonest bird songs you're going to hear throughout the year. So that's there what's punctuating yeah. me at the moment and gassing on. So. I have a tip for people who want to learn robins, and it pertains a little bit to what we're doing today. The robin is the answer to an inaudible interviewer. Okay? Okay. So, so this is a- there's a gap between phrases. So now there's a question going on, and now hopefully the robin will make a noise. There we go. They always stop. There. Okay, so that one went dilly dee d d. now I'm going to ask another question, but you can't hear it, and that's the reply, it's different.
2: So So
3: I'm asking the question, but you can't hear it, but the robin is doing the answer. Okay, so every phrase is different, because it's an answer to a different question, Mm. and it has a pause. That was a very short answer. That was probably "Do you like Boris Johnson?" or something like that. So <laughs> we another. We not short... what
2: the answer was. We? <laughs>
3: well, only the Robin knows the answer. So this is quite, I hope, a useful tip for people. So it's the, it's effectively an interviewee, but you can't hear the question. So that one oh, went clever. dilly deep. So I'm going to literally ask a few questions and hopefully have a different answer. This is a wild bird, so it may yeah. not work. So, Robin, how do you feel today? Having to think, isn't it? I knew this wouldn't work. Okay, so okay. Dee, 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 dee is Quite the answer. Bit, no? Yeah, yeah not bad, you know. What yeah, nice did morning. you have for your breakfast? So it's it. Okay, usually,
2: and,
3: uh, and
2: obviously. And, uh, and,
3: uh, bacon bath, I think. Yeah, no, it's done well. And so then I can ask another question. What do you think of Fergus Collins as a human being? And it had Very quite up, a perfunctory answer there, actually. <laughs> so that's the idea oh, I behind. It was um, quite cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we were listening to a dunnock or a wren, the answers would all be more or less the same. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, that's a great way of. I think it's quite a melancholic sound. It's also you? quite melancholic. I always think of uh, robins as sort of sitting at the base of a tree. A uh, smoking pot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> very sort of mellow, relaxed, hey man, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, of course you can't say that on a, on a podcast, can you? You can say it, and I can Yeah, I've, I've I have um, never inhaled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the robin has either. No. Uh, but that's great. So that's a great little exercise for identifying robins. Hopefully it will work throughout the year too, yeah, yeah. because they, they are... Absolutely. Sometimes you can do bird songs literally by the structure. So, for example, if we were thinking about a great tip, which we haven't heard today.
2: Very weirdly. No, really? oddly.
3: Especially yeah. now. Very really? strange. But every day is different. But a great tip just goes, teacher, teacher, teacher. Usually just three times, maybe four, possibly five, but never more really than that. So, dee 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 dee. And that's two notes repeated several times then there's a gap and then the exact same notes are repeated again and that's a structure that you can get into Yeah. and very few other birds are anything like that yeah. so it just Dominic with his amazing eyes we were just walking along a track and he spotted a,
2: a wood mouse popping its head out of a hole and I just saw its little sort of conical face it's just dipped down as yeah, I'm speaking. it's gone into a, yeah, a into a hole ears. A very clear hole, isn't it? Yeah. At the end of a.
3: Of course, they're nocturnal, so it's nice to see yeah. a wood mouse out in the day. I mean, they do faff around during the day sometimes.
2: There you go, wood mouse hole.
3: But as absolutely fantastic little animal. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and a key part of this. Uh, there's a food chain here. Yeah. And an absolute um, live wire. You sometimes. Um, Get them in um, humane traps. So I've yeah. done that for teaching people about mammals, and they—they're basically sort of—they want to kill you. <laughs>
2: really? Um, oh yes. More they, than a hawfinch.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The hawfinch has the tools, but
5: the mouse the, um, has the attitude. The mouse
3: has all the attitude, and it, it will bite. But there's another one called a yellow neck mouse, which is effectively a wood mouse on steroids. And even more. And that is <laughs> just. Incredible thing! Yeah. It can mm. just—it can jump about um, a meter, really, straight yeah. from, the yeah. Yeah. from the standing. Hello, like that. I like yeah, it. I've seen it do it. Oh and it um,
2: right, I don't think I've seen a yellow. No,
3: no they're quite—they're quite well. They're not very well known. They're—they're they're scarcer. They tend to be associated with ancient woodland, okay. and obviously here in the forest we have lots and lots of ancient woodland. woodland, woodland yeah. ancient woodland being 400 years of forest cover. So continuous forest cover. For, for four hundred years, years 동ra- yeah. But anyway, this is a great tit. So, this is the one I was talking about, the structure. Repeating. Yeah. Uh de, 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 this is the teacher one. Teacher teacher It's yeah. great tit. I was once um outside my garden and my um car had a flat tire. So I took a foot pump out because I needed to drive it to garage. Yeah. And uh I went, pressed the foot pump, and then, great tip responded. Really? To yeah, your foot pump? Because the foot pump goes... <laughs> <laughs> it really did. It was um, um Yeah, so yeah, and the
2: dunnock
3: is... I got, I... The dunnock is a sort of flat, flat cyclical warble. Yeah. So we were talking about robins earlier and every phrase is different. It's very inventive, whereas the dunnock tends to sing pretty much the same war. But obviously, if you were to analyse it closely, it's probably quite varied. But to our ears, it just sounds like squeaky. That. It's a squeaky trolley. So you're in the hospital, they've woken you up after your operation and yeah, there's a trolley coming with your, your breakfast. Put your fingers back on after a whole exactly. like. <laughs> very good. Yeah. And the sound of the trolley's wheels yeah, sounds a bit uh, like a donut. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was saying to the podcast team recently that I, I heard someone pushing a, I think it was a wheelchair. Oh yeah. So someone yeah. was just someone pushing it, and the sound was the wheel going round. Just had that sort of uneven, yes. <laughs> it, it, donucky sound. So I yep. really wanted to creep up behind with a recorder <laughs> and then compare the two. But I thought that would be weird and probably. Why
3: would why be would being weird stop you, Fergus? Well, no, you could have had a breakthrough fifty years, that but it could uh, be a breakthrough, <laughs> couldn't it? That's Wren now yeah. singing. Um, so actually it's nice because we've had Robin, Wren and Dunnock. Robin, Dunnock and Wren. I'm not sure how much Dunnock you got. Not a lot, but we're sure we'll we, we, we we've definitely should had lots of time, get some more and Wren is the other member of that group. Okay, that's, the, that's the red. It's a bit distant and uh, you get things like stag beetles here with their remarkable life cycle. There's a good,
2: good population
3: of them in the Very forest. Very good the forest, forest. Really population.
2: Good. Yep. What's the time of year? I seem to remember them as sort of May, June time. Yeah you know? they're,
3: they're midsummer insects really yeah. but in fact uh, they spend the winter as adults they Do they? They, sur- autumn, they,
2: you know. they survive as, as adults?
3: In, well, they have four to six years as a grub. Right. And then they spend a few months as adults, uh, so the, so secreted away. So they're deep, bur- mm. four years deep,
2: bur- rather, yes. rather boring, mm. a b- a totally boring life.
3: Boring, literally, yes. Uh, and boring then have in a the sort
2: of, uh, few months of... Yeah.
3: Well, you know, with invertebrates, uh, one of the things people often say um, one of the remarkable things about insects, is the mayflies only live for a day. You've heard that. Yes. Well, obviously, in fact, it's often considerably less than a day in the adult stage. So they will live, the males particularly, will sometimes live for about two hours or three hours as adults. And that's it. That's all they copulate, and that's the end of it. But, of course, they can have two years in the water prior to that. And so they don't just live for a day they live for a bit longer than that and of course every insect in the forest will be alive mm. nothing's going to be dead
2: everything's There's alive for all, all the everything's time everything's it's alive. just,
3: just it's either an egg a larva a pupa or an adult if it's an yeah. invertebrate um, an insect if it has that longer lifestyle um it's still alive it's all here obviously mm. and so you've always got to make sure you preserve all the bits of a,
2: yeah, uh, and that's why dead wood's so important. Yeah. And leaf piles and the things like that. Yeah. Which is exactly the stuff that people clear up in their gardens. Exactly. Is, um, I, I, You know, sometimes
3: have to wrestle with that. We <laughs> all like, wrestle. Remember, we are yeah. giving you some slack, everyone. Some slack. Yes, you might want to tidy. If you have a, if your well-being depends on having a tidy garden, have a tidy garden. It's not... Other people, people can have, have
2: untidy gardens. and, and uh, It'll help, they, but yeah.
3: if you don't want to help, then help in another way I suppose gotcha, gotcha but the other the other point I'm impressing is that trying to impress is that when it comes to invertebrates and insects you're actually effectively you've got four species for every species mm. of most insects some only don't have um, a pupil stage um, so their metamorphosis is not so, so they go through various stages of life. yeah but the so be- have beetles just two doesn't it be- no beetles are four do you, including the egg as egg, well? Egg, larva, pupa. Oh, yeah. And so are bees, actually. Bees also have all four. Oh, okay. They're uh, fully metamorphosis. Um, uh, so obviously, so do butterflies, but there's a few other dragonflies don't have a pupal stage, for example. Right, I guess you. Yes, they just they just and go bugs. straight from
2: larvae. So. Bugs don't either, and
3: I mean hemiptera, yeah. the group of animals called bugs. Yes, yeah, like which lots of people think
2: are beetles, but that's yeah, for instance, it's yeah. a it's
3: a reasonable standard term for all invertebrates, but it is also a specific term for a group which have a an enlarged rostrum which they use for sucking. Like, so, like a, like a tube,
2: as uh, mouth parts. Yes, yeah, the mouthpart
3: of a straw. It's yeah. like a an aphid just goes around with a permanent straw attached to it. Right, just sucking the life out of my broad beans. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry about your broad beans. Yeah, yeah. And aphids, I mean, aphids are simply extraordinary, but one of the things they do is they reproduce without any sex, so they yeah. do parthenogenesis. And an aphid can give birth to a partially grown aphid, which is itself pregnant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I... I they're extraordinary. So
2: anybody who grows vegetables or keeps roses yeah. will know that you can go out one day,
3: everything's green. Yeah, Next that's why day, they produce so quickly. Yeah, Suddenly. Well, generation happens in about a week. Yeah. And so you and I say, oh, well, our generation, you know, was different and we were a baby yeah, boomer. Yeah. Well, an aphid's always a baby boomer. It is, <laughs> you know, they boom the whole time. Yes, yeah, so it's very difficult to keep up with an aphid if it's if it's producing yes.
2: young that's already yes.
3: pregnant. And you don't get sort of aphids, oh, youngsters these days, they don't just don't appreciate this sap. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have time to say that. No, no it's a uh, young yep, generation. So you might have great 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 grandparents living alongside there, uh, yes. But then they don't live for very long. They don't live for very long, no. But they migrate, you see. They don't. They get wafted nice. over enormous distances. This is another thing, people. People often don't hear about is insect migration. They might hear about moths sometimes, and butterflies, uh, and, and, uh, and painted ladies. I think painted ladies, painted famous, but hoverflies. Mm. There's a hoverfly called the I think it's called the marmalade hoverfly, and sometimes, in a, in a, during a British summer, they get wafted over on, on um, summer breezes from the continent, and the, then it's estimated that there could be up to four billion of them. Four billion, just four wafting, billion wafting over hoverflies from... arrive in the summer. Yes, oh, four billion. It. It's quite a lot. That is a lot. That's the sort of. And so they
2: just they'll arrive in our gardens, and we think, mm. oh, they've just hatched out of. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, but they'll or be or actually
3: might have been in France the day before. Right. And you know, to to plug, that's the sort of fact that we've put yeah, in the recent. Um, oh, there we go. In by bug, uh, really seamless. By, Dom, by, by <laughs> yes, it? Yes. But and I mean now I like interrupt s- this podcast. That's true. Yeah. Really it's so, so much sponsors. fun, though, finding yeah. out about about insect lifestyles. Yeah, so to think- write the book and you know where that comes from. There are so many other incredible things. That and the other thing is that these are on your doorstep. There are um, things on your doorstep that. Are simply incredible.
2: Mind playing. I'm surprised you haven't seen a brimstone butterfly. Just no, to sort I'm of, quite talk about some sort of early spring insects, yes.
3: like a big yellow handkerchief flying by, but there's no. It is uh, like a. I, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I must a, admit, I've never actually seen a handkerchief flying by, so I don't know how good that no, is. It's how that I imagine it. Mm, yeah. Quite imaginative, really, are you? You should be the editor of a mag <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, one day I'll try that. Yeah, you should. Yeah we wander yes, down? So where are we heading? Well, after? what we'll do now is there's a lovely big patch of deciduous um, wood down at the bottom of the hill. So we're still in holly woodland here, basically, aren't we? Yeah, so we're walking through a holly yeah. section, and next to the deer enclosure we will um, see a, a very beautiful, quite old, mainly oak wood. And we have at least a chance of hearing a, or even seeing a lesser spotted woodpecker. That would be interesting. Yeah. It's a song thrush? Song thrush yeah. Repeating its slogan. Keep safe, keep safe, keep yeah. safe. It's very pure. Pure a mask. Next, wear, a mask <laughs> <laughs> wear a mask.
2: Wear a mask. Um, <laughs> um, um and I think this might be a firecrest.
3: Yeah. There's lots of firecrests around here. Yeah, fire crest. Yeah. yeah. Can, can you I think it's in this ivy. Yeah it's uh, flying at the very top of the middle of the three trees it's covered with ivy if yeah. you go to the top it looks like a candelabra yeah. um, it is um, floating around in the ivy clump so that song I'm just going to
2: record sure. this song because we've never got it on the podcast before but it's a sort of urgent high pitched do it again You saw it. I didn't, I don't have the eyes.
3: I just don't have It's really ex- there. And you can actually, so if you go, yeah, uh, go up the tree, there's a um, oh, the branch yes, that yeah. goes at 45 and it's just above that in the yeah. ivy. And in the background there's some sort of seedling too. Yeah, see I see it. I see it. Blimey. There's actually another one. Yeah, in the tree man. behind. Yeah, that, that's the
2: one yeah. I found. Is, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the closer one I haven't seen, but uh,
3: it used to be pretty rare, but it's always been a stronghold here. That's. Oh, it's great it to hear it, actually, because it.
2: it's a while since since I moved off the hill. I haven't heard it.
3: Yeah, it's obviously not in the habitat. But sounds like marsh tit. You can hear a marsh tit as well. It sounds like it. I'm not 100% sure yet. to but it sounded like something went p little sneeze. Well, it's um, actually only found in woodland, but you can use the name. So it goes into the marsh, catches a cold and goes p Yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, really, like willow warblers, I hardly ever see in willows. Yeah,
3: yeah. At least willow warbler has some connection to willow trees.
2: <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. As for the garden warbler, the, the less said. You know... Do you have one in your garden? I bet you have. I've never.
3: You? Nope. Never had one in my garden. The name actually is I actually from the have German. Had a
4: garden wall
3: it's from the German. What is it? For, I is think like? it's Garten. Oh, no, hang on. Um, yeah, I think it's. Um, what is it called? I can't remember. In, um, in French, it's called Fauvette des Jardins. So maybe the, from the French name. Fauvette, but that's still about is gardens.
2: A, isn't
3: it Jardin? Uh, yeah, Jardin being Garden forvette is just a name for a warbler, mm-hmm. um, Sylvia Warbler as we call them. And I think uh, the British name is just a translation because it's such an obscure bird, it's not really very well known to. It's a garden warbler. Yeah. yeah. It, it's got a great song. What I'm yeah, saying yeah. is that when it came to naming birds, oh, I see, I see, yeah. it doesn't have a folk name because yeah. they probably didn't even know what it was. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those that sort of Gilbert White It was overlooked. So. Yes, I mean, Gilbert White was the first person to distinguish between wood, warbler, shift chaff, and willow. Yeah. Warbler. First person could be bothered. <laughs> well, true. Um, it's great. We've got yeah, this I mean, we forget. That, you know, most people back in his time were trying to survive most of the time. Yeah. Well, there were still famines, weren't there, I think,
2: yeah. in Gilbert White's time, occasionally. It was it was the vicar who had time to
3: the Reverend. Ah the, now uh, I've got to call him a curate. Okay, well you know, curate, you, you know well, you know you're being married to a I'm to married a to a vicar, so yeah. I do know there's a difference between a vicar and a curate. And he was a curate and not a vicar. He didn't graduate, so to speak, to being a, a vicar. I see. The curate. These things are you know important. quite important yeah, in the C of E, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, and it's very unusual. Line, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Fergus, yeah. I'm, I'm the one who mustn't step out of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excommunicated. No, they don't do that in <laughs> <laughs> the. Not from, not from the C of E, no. No, no we, we'll, we welcome all comers, actually. Okay. <laughs> it's a broad church, C of E. We've still got the Firecrest here. It's great. Mm.
2: That's a really, that's, I'm really pleased because that's, a, that's a, a long time since I've heard
3: one. Great. From this is area. a very good place for them. Yeah.
2: yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's nice. It feels familiar, and uh, yeah, great. Okay. Thanks. Okay. I won't. I won't squint, into, I've got to do something about my eyes. I think I just need a better pair of glasses,
3: Mm. or just I couldn't get that far. You couldn't hear it. Not a strap, I might hear it on the. I'm not going to listen to the podcast, obviously. Well, you're going to broadcast it (laughs) widely, widely and wildly. So it depends whether there's anything in. It would be, be nice, nice to get the noise, but it hasn't been very noisy. Can you, can you do a stock dove?
4: That's
3: it. Anyway, so now we're looking at a stock dove and they live here. You've got it on the. I have it in the scope. Do you want to have a look through? You can Wonderful. record and look through.
2: Oh, amazing.
3: And so this. Oh, gosh.
2: I've got to get one of these scopes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you should. I think Country Farm Mag. Well, I can't not even see where. I to buy it for you, really. <laughs> it's at the top of this huge. I think it's oh, a,
2: I see. I see. Right. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It
3: Might yeah. be a redwood. Yes,
2: actually. it's just sitting on a It's a quite it's now on, quite obvious now because it, it's but
3: incredibly obvious in the start actually. I
2: know, but um, we you know Anyone we've got a golfing golfing class. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. what it is is it's got this black eye,
3: hasn't it? And then that's correct. It
2: has how would you describe this, sort of movie, purpley, yeah. upper chest area. very
3: tasteful Yes, that colour. That colour, Yeah, because yeah. it's a bit sort of off, and it lacks the white neck patch of the wood pigeon, which is close, it's relative. Slightly smaller than a wood pigeon? Kind of, considerably smaller, like yes. a wood pigeon that's been on a serious crash diet. Yeah, I see, I see. Slimmed down, very Slimmed elegant. Slimmed down, and it's got this beautiful easily overheard tongue um, yeah. rather disapproving tone I always think it's the kind of it's a the sound aunt I mean, I who <laughs> doesn't approve of the length <laughs> of your skirt so you can walk in and then you've got the great y- chick ying, ying, there is.
4: Ying,
3: ying. so song. I have um, I've long had a, a way of remembering the, the songs of um <laughs> Of the pigeons, so so you you got the wood pigeon, which is a little bit um, slightly s- suggestive joke, and mm. then it laughs at its own joke, so it goes. Then you've got the stock dove that thoroughly disapproves, ooh, ooh, and then you've got the feral pigeon also disapproving, but has a stammer, so it goes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, and then you've got the collared dove that's heard it before, so it just goes <laughs> like that. Good Hello morning. There. Hi there. Um, so you're getting an audience now. I, get, I know it's all sort of well, getting a little, the little dove, slightly embarrassing. A turtle love doesn't is extinct virtually, so that, you don't can hear we, that can can you at all. You it? It. No, just. It <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's, that's a, good. Yeah. That's
3: well, why did you ask me
1: if you're personally it, oh, that you doing do the full itself. set?
3: Well, I can't do the full set. <laughs> we can do the four. So virtually yeah. extinct. That's really sad. Yeah, uh, I I don't feel very optimistic for turtle doves. I'm afraid. In I this country, are they surviving? Oh no. Well, they're, they're doing all right. I elsewhere. think they're now globally. Uh, they might be moved into a new category. I'm not sure. near yeah, threatened. But what, do you think they're going to go? They, we'll lose them in the UK. <sighs> Probably. I'm afraid. I don't want to say that in a sense, but you know, if you if you had to do sort of betting about what would be the next bird to become extinct in Britain, um, turtle dove would be in your top five, yeah. I think. It's Mainly sad. the rate of decline and yeah. being a migrant, yes, which is gets shot bird. on is, the way.
2: It's beautiful little thing, it really is. It's it. a
3: stunning bird and. I mean, it's just unbelievable that people want to shoot it, but, you know, that's another... It's still being shot, yeah. Yeah, it? I mean, being shot in large numbers. Mm. People talk about preserving traditions, well. Um, also... That one, perhaps we could all do without. Yeah, you know, that's not particular a particular
0: one. <laughs> Hello, Hello Good morning. What are you looking
3: for? Uh, we're actually looking at the stock dove on the top of that tree. We've had hawfinch and uh, a few other good things. Peregrine. Yeah, lots yeah. of birds, marsh harrier over crossbill we've had and we and don't you worry, no no, 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 no problem at all no, you're fine. no worries Sorry. No. But this is actually very really important in places like the New Forest it's very easy to um, get hot under the collar about people who don't think the way we do mm. and you might get a mountain biker or something who comes through and churns up the mud but that mountain biker actually may not realise. Mm. So you've got to, you got know,
2: And the fact that they're here means that they like, love the place, yeah, and exactly. they may take yeah. an action somewhere down the line. They may they do, do it some, somewhere down, may, down the line. Uh, yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, actually, that's something I wanted to mention. Yeah. That um, we were talking about our, our politicians and our government, and we have to remember their people as well. Mm. There's a nut hatch singing. Weep, weep, weep.
2: That's better. It, answer you.
3: it answered me and not you, Fergus. Did you notice it. that? Yeah. Well, I did it in Welsh. Uh, that is true. Yes, yes. Um, I think it was down to the quality of imitation, actually.
2: <laughs> I didn't want to point that out to listeners. They can make their own minds up.
3: They well, I've, I've I've put my my opinion forward. There, there's another crest here. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a dunnock, actually. A
2: diddly, 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 yeah, yeah.
3: Well, So much more interesting than my opinion on politicians anyway. Well,
2: we could do it, but you were say they're, they're, not, they're, they're not...
3: They are people need to be treated like people, and they need to be won over, not always criticised. Yeah. singing. How do
2: you win over a politician?
3: Well, I don't think I've probably ever won over a politician, but um, if you're persistent... You can. I mean, how many people out there have ever spoken to their local MP? MPs do listen to their constituents; they really do. Why would you be an MP otherwise? You're not. Yeah. Chances are you won't be prime minister, it's or even in the government. Most yeah. of them are not in government. So they most of them, probably all of them, go into politics because they want to make a difference, and the difference that they make will partly depend on what people say to them. Good point, so don't slam them. No, try I try and win will... them round to your arguments
2: or, or or even call it an argument, say, have you <clears> considered <throat> this? This is important. You
3: go and see them, treat them like a yeah. person. And if you if you care, care passionately about something, they'll they'll take that on board. They may disagree with you, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which of course they're entitled to do. And this is the other thing. Hmm. People have got to be learn how to disagree and not fight about stuff. Yeah. If you so... get angry, you, you probably won't get no, anywhere. Okay. That's different to companies. Companies often react when they're shamed yeah. and sometimes they deserve to be shamed and that's different. And then you're looking at a corporate thing. Yeah, it's about I don't PR. treat them the same way. Um, so for example if a company wants to put up fencing to, or netting to stop birds nesting they absolutely should slam them. We have a stock dove agreeing with us here. Stock dove. I hope That's that hope you could hear that. It'll go again. There's hear that? so much going on. Can you hear the stock dove? Not
2: right now. Um, oh, yes.
3: Very
4: soft.
2: Very soft. And we've got a goldcrest here,
3: which... I'm really happy to say Dom can hear some of it. Yeah, sort <laughs> of wheedling. Oh, I can hear that perfectly well. Yeah, well, that's good.
2: And it's in a conifer. This is a western hemlock, I think. Is that what you call this one?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there the is. The bird's really close. Yeah, yeah. just um, maybe uh, five meters above us. And it's feeding in the um, needles, and the bill is super thin, so yeah. that it can feed right in the gaps between needles and even in the snow it can feed because it can reach and it's
2: finding little tiny um, invertebrates in there yeah isn't tiny inver- even scale a insects,
3: a insects things like scale that scale insects so those things that cling to the needles mm. and um and it'll even eat um subsist partly on things like the eggs of nepidoptera oh, really as, things, as can it, long-tailed tents so Wow, so they're just well, they've gotta keep looking. Incredibly small yeah. items and yet nothing yeah. else eats them. Yeah. And so there's enough to sustain it. So it's a ridiculous little bird, and you can get almost the Arctic Circle. And it's um I don't know, seven centimetres long or something like that. And um absolutely minute. Smallest bird in Europe. It's smaller than the firecrest. Well the same size same as a firecrest, okay. so they're okay. both just the smallest that. bird in Europe. Yeah. And um so, yeah, it's uh, a, a, an absolute niche specialist, this thing. The, um, that's great. Firecrest.
2: Come on, Goldcrest. Well, anyway, a comparison of two crests. Mm.
3: So one's cyclical. Yeah. Deedly, 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 do with the flourish. So deedly, 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 do And the firecrest is a Goldcrest in a hurry.
2: Yeah accelerating. Yeah. So it's much urgent. Quicker.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's it's drives a Ferrari rather than a VW. up. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. So can you find these birds all across the forests? Cause yep.
3: Everything uh, we've seen. If you could go anywhere in, multiple in the forest sites. Yeah. 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 Uh. Four finches are pretty difficult, but just to the south of here, there's a roost site, right? Uh, so if I stayed here oh. Yes. So you might... Well, obviously hawfinches don't like you, Fergus, because <laughs> they take one look at you and fly off. Because two days ago I had about 20 observations in the time we've been yeah. out, and today, two. Two, well, two. So the only factor that's different... <laughs> <is> <laughs> yeah, OK. It, was, it seems to have cropped up rather a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I think there's something you need to...
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work think. on my sawfinch camouflage well it's not, not just sawfinches maybe it's with a bright orange
3: <laughs> yeah i think it's just yeah i have gotta look deep inside there Fergus. <laughs> see what that is what is yeah. it about could yeah. be that yeah. they're very shy and maybe they may don't like they, being they live the can- they live in the canopy don't well they? they'll yeah. be feeding on the ground right uh, they feed on much, the ground so frequently feed on the ground but they actually—what are they eating during the summer when there's no no insects seeds? Insects of all things. Right. So they—but they take cherries. So they'll take the stones, and they've got a remarkably diverse diet. You have this enormous bill, and yet they will take stuff that's not associated with that bill. Yeah. So they'll take or, insects. Caterpillars. Yeah. Caterpillars, maybe. They eat beetles, which obviously have a. If you have a. Heavy bill, that's ideal for yeah. cracking the parapace of beetles. And they'll take, yeah, they'll take soft bodied insects. They also take buds. It's like having a very specialised gardening tool yeah. and using it to cut your grass or something. <laughs> it cool. feels like, why have this amazing bill when you're actually going to need insects part of the year? But then
2: I suppose the specialism gives them an advantage yeah. in winter. It gives okay. them an
3: advantage when it matters, yeah, yeah, that's right. And so they can crack things that nothing else can crack. Yeah, yeah. So we will have to crack the hawfinch. Yes, the crossbill, which is here too, obviously has a similar specialisation. Do, you know, do crossbills breed in the depths of winter? Yes, here in the forest they breed, I think mainly in February. February. Okay, yeah. so not not. It's when December. the cones are are opening. Ah, okay. They like spruces as well, so they can they
2: feed their young the on seeds. On seeds. Of yes. This.
3: So you have an interesting distinction actually in finches. Chaffinches and Bramblings feed their young on insects, um, whereas the other finches mainly on seeds. So goldfinches, particularly linnets basically feed their young on seed paste that they mash up we'd say mash up and very few insects in the case of a few more in the case of goldfinch and, uh, but that's a little bit of a necessary extra where they primarily just feed their young on mashed up seeds which they regurgitate I wouldn't necessarily want to be a Oh, baby, a young yeah. finch. I think I'd rather be a, a young tit At least you've got a lovely juicy yeah. caterpillar. But I can look
2: quite good though. green. I can
3: imagine speaker. getting. You know, I can imagine having a caterpillar like diet. Can you? Yeah. yeah. And you have different species and different yeah. colours. So when you're young, you can. Have, oh, yeah. daddy can have a yellow caterpillar today, <laughs> or a green one. It's no. Sorry, you've got to have your greens. comes a hairy one. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so, the uh, ecology of the finches is very different because uh, because uh, it's very easy to catch invertebrates in the summer. Uh, chaffinch can find all the food it needs in a very small territory. And so it's highly territorial. If you're a greenfinch, you can't find seeds in a very small area you have to go out and forage yeah and so they're much much less territorial in fact they sometimes nest in these things called neighborhood groups and so they they'll even forage together
2: yeah so they go out as a party and yeah help each other so
3: you've got a completely different ecology based on what you feed your young we're back with the siskins here. We are. Again, the song hasn't improved much, has it? <laughs> Doing a more pathetic display. Aren't I mean, it would oh, not Parker's qualify filled. for an Olympic team, would it? No. <laughs> a siskin. Does In the whole finch really? have a song? Yes. A very bad song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, the uh, call, as we know, is a sort of s- yeah. And it also goes... Sh- like that, and so the song is basically like that, it's terrible.
2: So, and, 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 and there is nothing written about the Hawthorne songs, no, right? No,
3: so well, you wouldn't really want to write a poem about it, you know, Ode to Hawfinch yeah. Uh, um, oh, okay. Well, we're <laughs> back at the car park, which is filled up. Um, oh. I'm
2: incredibly grateful for a brilliant morning's
4: adventure. Well, and lovely and to see so you funds.
3: too. Not and sure we kept on subject very well, did we? But uh, Well, that's all the, all the better. Uh, I
2: might go for a little wonder, but um, we will do this again. And, yeah. Uh,
3: Somebody's obviously <laughs> already have an <laughs> opinion on this podcast, don't they? <laughs> well, maybe they were bitten by a hawkish. <laughs> they were, yes. Um, no, lovely to see you as well. There's a Ned Admiral flying over the blue turquoise mm. car yeah. behind there. this dark car. I can't pick that up that's really quite sad In <laughs> we have sad middle-aged <laughs> men my hearing's going your sight's going. sight's going but we're very cool by the way if there's yeah. any younger people yeah you'd really, really want to be at our st- friends <laughs> people <have been> looking. <laughs> <this> <laughs> there's a buzzard up here yeah please be our friends we don't want no, no, yeah, to see yeah. the buzzards yeah that's the buzz now I'm going to stop it's been a pleasure to, to see okay. you Dol- brilliant and All power to
1: your pen. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers—whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
0: this episode is brought to you by seed did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day each daily dose of seeds dso1 daily symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut skin and heart health helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first
1: month. With milder weather and longer days on the way, now is the time to dust off your hiking boots and enjoy the great British countryside. And wherever you go, whatever the terrain, Regatta Great Outdoors has the right footwear for any adventure. From grassy hills to rocky trails and even paved footpaths, there's a regatta shoe to suit your walking preferences. Discover lightweight trainers for day-to-day wear or walking shoes for multi-day hikes like the brand new Samaris 3. Combining comfort with performance, the Samaris 3 is available as a shoe and boot for both men and women and is ideal for all your hiking pursuits tech foam in-sock technology supports your foot, while an EVA midsole and shock-absorbing heel protects you from bumps along the way. Plus, it's waterproof and breathable, so your feet stay dry no matter the weather. Available to shop in stores nationwide and at regatta.com.
2: Yes, that's two cool middle-aged men out <laughs> in the new forest. Uh, huge thank you to Dominic there for that lovely adventure back in spring. And I had a brilliant time with him. So that's part two of of an adventure I had and the first one we published back in spring and that's number 148 if you want to hear the rest of the adventure but just a lovely way of I mean Dominic's brilliant and his eyesight is incredible but his understanding how he can just find birds and find wildlife anywhere Uh, it's a particularly rich part of the new forest there boulderwood and just also lovely to bring a bit of that bird song into the dark days of autumn which is where we are now. Also bringing light into the dark of autumn are my (laughs) podcast friends and colleagues Jack and Hannah who join me in the studio. Hello both. Hello. Hello. Did you find that useful for learning birdsong? Do you think it would be a useful way Dominic's?
5: I absolutely love that he's able to sort of pin these sounds to things we can remember really easily. Yeah. I find that was one of the most difficult things about for me, to when I was learning birdsong, trying to kind of differentiate the individual sounds from the kind of chorus of different things, so having those, Mnemonics there's a word. Or that's the word. Yeah. yeah, sort of having something to pin that sound to is so helpful, and you end up it ends up being second nature because you've got it there.
2: Jack, how are you with birdsong these days? Is it, is it growing repertoire, or a,
5: uh,
4: we're getting there. <laughs>
2: We <laughs> have to have more walks. We, we have to have more walks out together.
4: Oh, definitely. It's I since doing this, I've learnt more. But I think, like you said, it's probably having that sort of technique is a quicker way of taking them all in. Because uh, I think it is a case of what I've had to do is you just listen, and then soon you just remember that that is the sound of that. Whereas with this, obviously, you're making it easier to remember that. So that that process of linking that name of the bird to that sound becomes a bit quicker.
2: Yeah, it took me a long time. I mean, I'm I'm in no way near Dominic's class, but I can generally get most bird songs uh, when when I'm out in spring. But it took me a long time of going to the local park or just listening in the garden and isolating the. And now I, they're all. It they sounds like completely different voices to I
5: mean.
2: me, and. I think it's just one of those things. It's like learning. It's like learning a language,
5: and it's sort of like a superpower as well. Like you can, you can <laughs> yes, know I that agree. something is there without seeing it, which I think is kind of a brilliant. Well, as way my of eyesight it. declines,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can walk through a woodland and pretty much tell what's there. Mm. Uh, it, it's the it's the little tiny calls that the difficult ones, the sort of contact calls or flight calls, which someone like Dominic will be able to go. Oh, that's that is a hawfinch, and I'll go. That probably sounds like a chaffinch to me. or some, So it, it's, that's the different level of, of... But obviously this time of year, there's not a lot of birdsong. However, I really liked... So robins are singing now. Robins sing all year round and they're really prominent. So if you go out anywhere where there's sort of woodland, hedge, garden, park, you'll hear robins singing wistfully. And it's a really good time to learn robins. And I thought Dominic's way of learning it as a question and answer. That's absolutely lovely. So funny and uh so so clever. So go out and ask questions of your local robins and <laughs> listen for the answers. I hope you get good answers. Positive answers. <laughs> but of course it is getting dark. The, the, as we record this the clocks went back, didn't mm-hmm. they? I'm not sure about this. Lovely extra hour in bed, but yeah, it's the darkness just, does sort of take it's away. It's a from tiny, that. tiny gain, isn't it? I mean, it's lovely when you can sort of roll over and go, "Oh, brilliant!" It's a... but that hour goes by relatively quickly, and then we've got this sort of plunge into darkness at half past four, where
4: we are in the West Country. And I mean, every evening so far, it's rained. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, just been
2: pitiful, horrible. Wouldn't it be better to just keep the summertime vibe going? Are you? How do you both feel on it? Are you I'm some, absolutely
5: on the fence. I don't feel I don't, either really, strongly either way. Really? Yeah. Okay,
2: gosh, I feel really strongly about it. I'd rather start in the dark and have a longer day because than, than, then you have the whole joy of dawn and light coming. But then whereas, getting
5: ready in the dark is just miserable.
4: Okay, yeah, true. I, I think... Personally, I think it's still good. I know there there's, there was reasons for it. I think, yes, maybe that it, it doesn't fit those reasons anymore. I think having just that bit more lightness in the morning, just to wake you up, it makes you feel a bit better than it being darker later into the morning. And uh, as it gets to the festive season, you need that sun to go down for the Christmas lights to yeah, have a full effect. Yeah, well, they'll still come on at half past five. It's not like it's, a,
2: well, like, I want the full effect, I want darkness. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I think in, in, hours of Christmas I possible. would have a compromise and put it back to the end of November. I thought you say half an hour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. 27 <laughs> minutes. No, put it back to the end of November and then bring it back again in February. So you only have three months of sort of real darkness instead of five months, which is, to my mind, utterly unacceptable.
4: But then I guess also certain animals and stuff come out in the dark and now's the time of year where...
5: You Mm, potentially get
4: get more of a chance to see them because it's that starting earlier. True, although they're all going into hipernation, some of them. No, yeah, (laughs) yeah, but not yet. (laughs) Okay,
2: all right. (laughs) So it does mean that there's less time to go out and enjoy, do some of these adventures and garden and it's wetter
4: and wilder.
2: What do you you guys do to cope with the dark evenings? Do you enjoy the dark evenings of winter?
4: I enjoy the coziness the darkness brings when you're inside. Or do you um, light the fire and sort of get your knitting out? or I'd, I'd just like to have just, you know, chill. but Have a little hot okay, chocolate. Okay, so no pressure to do anything? No, just relax. I, yeah. I can't do that all the time, but sometimes that's just nice and it's you're spending time with people you live with. And I think that's important and just to have time together where you you can't really go out and you can crack can't up a game else. or anything. Yeah, yeah that's lovely. a lovely thing. I think that's really nice. And on the flip side, I do kind of like if it's that's one of the sort of evenings where it's really crisp, cold, not yeah. necessarily wet, <laughs> but sort of that crisp coldness that it's just kind of nice to get out, sort of feel a bit chilly, get the sort of air through you. And then when you go back inside, you sort of appreciate the warmth yeah, and all that stuff even that's more. that's
5: definitely a thing that I do when it's like really, really dark and really miserable. It's like go out, come back in again and appreciate how kind of warm and dry and bright it is inside.
2: Yeah, true. I can I can understand that. There's a lovely being enveloped by the warmth of a, of you know, a nice thick
4: dressing gown, yeah, and I like, like dressing gown slippers. <laughs> yeah, by the fire with a nice book, and I think it gets you excited. Then you're excited for spring, you're excited for summer. You've kind of you've you reached a limit of how much you want to stay inside yeah. and how much you want to stay cooped up, and then when the weather starts to kind of go and everything starts chirping off again, yeah, you're ready to go and you kind of okay. The well, you're winning for that. me over. I mean, I do like the coziness, and there is something nice about a really rainy day
2: where you can't do anything mm. but just. St- do a bit of cooking or sit sit vegetating, reading a book or or whatever. But um, it's nice that we're all snuggled up in a blanket today. <laughs> well that's great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for knitting this really large You're blanket. Very yeah, we all are all under. Well, tell us about what your your tricks for getting through winter are and cozy thoughts for November and December. You can email me, editor at countryfile.com, and I love getting your emails. In fact, we are now giving out a book each week. So we are looking, you know, we, we would love to get your emails. We also like to get any sounds that you've recorded of the countryside and you can send them to the same email address, editor at countryfire.com. And the best one uh, going forward we will get a book. So next week, if we get one that we love is I've got a great book here which is all about darkness and it's called Under the Stars by Matt Gore, A Journey Into Light. So it's all about looking for really about sort of I've read this book. It's brilliant. It's about finding darkness in the countryside—true darkness, which is very hard to find these days with so much artificial light. But it's about trying to find what our ancestors would have found—you know, just looking up and seeing the skies full of starlight and moonlight. And there's a really interesting bit about. He finds a place that's truly dark, and it's one of the most terrifying bits of nature writing I've ever read. So it's a brilliant book and we're going to give this one away to the next email of the week or podcast postbag winner of the week. So look out for that in our
4: next episode. And there's plenty of books in the podcast library. So so keep the letters coming in. We're ready. Before we go, I think I should tell you, I have found something slightly unusual in the podcast postbag this week. Thank you. It is. It's not a letter. It's not an email. It's not a, it's not a review. It's, it's,
2: a, it's a piece of cheese. It's a wedge of <laughs> it's cheese. It's a, it's a, a piece, piece of cheese. Beautiful cheese. <laughs> cheese. Um, this is amazing. It's been sent to us by the organisers of the British Cheese Awards. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. Um, they, well, they've, they've sent us the Supreme Champion 2022. So this is called Ashcombe, which is made by Gloucestershire-based Kingstone Dairy. And they've sent it to us to taste, and apparently it's a Morbier-style cheese. So, do you know? Do you guys know? Have you ever tried a Morbier? No. So it's, no, no? I have not no. Okay, it's. I mean, I've had a few times. In um, fact, I've got a story. Very quickly, <laughs> I, I went on a campervan trip around France for about four months, and I was bet whether I could eat a hundred French cheeses. Oh in that my <laughs> and uh, if you don't have a fridge on, in a campervan, it's that's a that's a hard challenge. Anyway, I did manage it. Morbier is one of them. And Morbier has this blue seam through the middle. So it's sort of a very thick rind and yellow, yellowy cheese with yellow, creamy yellow cheese with a blue seam of, of mould. Now, this has a seam through the middle, which says it's wood ash. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of salivating. We've got some crackers. We've got some cheese. Should we try it and That's... see what the supreme champion, the best cheese in Britain, according to the British Cheese Awards? And they should know. So I'm unwrapping it here. Has got that beautiful seam. It's sort of creamy, yellow, golden cheese with a lovely, lovely rind of, sort of authentic. What does it smell like, Hannah? Do you want to have a little
4: whiff? I'm it getting. Lo- it looks like if you took a negative of a Victoria sandwich. Oh my goodness, it does. <laughs> yes, that's right.
5: It's got slightly brie smelling. Have a whiff.
4: I was expecting it to be really, like, really pungent, really cheesy yeah. smelling, but it's quite mild. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Well look, we've got some crackers, so let's let's
2: without further ado, let's get to this let's hack some bits off. I'm gonna go for the nose end. I know that's like a crime in it some is. circles, but we've not got all day. Hannah, there we
5: go. Thank There's you very a much.
2: Crack of excuse fingers. Check. Uh, we're not going to munch right close to the microphone because nobody wants that excuse, excuse fingers down. It's very rough. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Nice big piece for you.
4: Mm, this cheese really tastes like Fergus's fingers. <laughs> yeah, actually,
2: that's, uh, that that's was, a cheese of its own. That was runner up. <laughs> that was runner up. Um, mm, that's my sort of cheese.
5: Mm.
2: Not really strong flavoured, but lots of depth. Mm. Mm. Very smooth. Very smooth. smooth Very and creamy. Smooth. Definitely serving it at room temperature helps. I'm not getting tons of that sort of ashy centre, but I guess that's part of the rounded flavour. But wow. Well, congratulations to Kingstone Dairy for winning Supreme Champion with this delicious cheese. Delicious cheese. Wallace would be very jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, from three cheese eaters in a little room in Bristol, that's all for this week. But for now, it's goodbye from me and the team.
1: Whether it's gloriously sunny or a spring downpour, you can always get outdoors with Regatta. So what are you waiting for? Find a route, grab your walking shoes and start exploring. Regatta Great Outdoors offers all types of performance footwear, from technical hiking boots for regular ramblers to durable walking shoes for the whole family. With waterproof and breathable qualities, shock-absorbing comfort and superior grip, Regatta footwear is designed to withstand whatever challenges Mother Nature throws your way. Discover the range in stores nationwide and at regatta.com.